This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Everyone's fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 156, sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag, use code CLNS50, save yourself a little money, get a sweet little freaking welcome bonus. Um, we are back. We're doing this a, a day early. Uh, we, we're expecting some significant winter weather uh, tomorrow, Sunday, so we're going to record on the last day of November, November 30th. Um, joining me today again, as always, is my best friend Heather Ingerson. Heather, how's it going? It's going swell. Nice. I wait, can't wait to dig out my shovels and hope that I don't get totally plowed in. Well, I love because right now they're not sure, and it's we're getting significant weather, but maybe more significant. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. we're on that fine line of 495, where it bounces between yeah, a lot, a lot of weather, a lot of snow, and a lot of mix with uh, snow and and rain. So we don't know what's going on, but for safety Definitely. reasons. Yeah. And where I live, I live right next to the Merrimack River here in Amesbury, Massachusetts, and I'm kind of on a hill. So for safety reasons. I really didn't want anybody traveling and uh, putting them in uh, a situation that is uncomfortable. New England's getting messy tomorrow sometime yeah. during the part of the day. So I thought we'd talk about the games of last week. We have several topics we're going to discuss after that. So why don't we just jump right in and Let's do talk it, about baby. last week's action. Uh, started off on November 26, 2019. 
Uh, why don't you talk about the first period, Heather? At the Bell Center versus Montreal, where we've said a little nervous every time we go in there, right? But turned out to be a great win. So in the first period at the 8.03 mark, Jake DeBrusco was a beautiful power play goal from Corelli and Krejci. Shea Weber ended up tying it up at the 12.41 mark from Gallagher and Tatar, which I always want to say Tartar, but it's not. <laughs> um, and at 14.24, Pasternak scored his 21st on a power play from Coyle and Marshawn. And at 19.23, Marshawn, because, you know, him and Pasta have to copy each other, scores the 17th from Charlie Coyle. Yes, and uh, the second period, David Pasternak, red hot, Pasta nasty, hashtag Pasta nasty, gets his 22nd from Marshan and Chara, giving the Bees a 4-1 to one lead. And as Bjork adds to that, uh, minutes later, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that that Pasternak uh, goal in the second period to start was only 8 seconds in. Yeah. That is absolutely Quick. crazy. <laughs> and then... At the 1 minute 10 mark of the second period, Anders Bjork scores his fourth. He's been playing very well at the and uh, to give the Boston Bruins a 5-1 lead. Corrali made the assist on the Bjork goal. And to end the second period, Pasternak gets his 23rd from Carlo and Krejci at the 9.06 mark of the second frame. Giving the bees a six to one lead. Um, I'm sorry. Was it between the Bjork and Pasternak goals that Carey Price got pulled, or was it after the hat trick? I, jeez, oh, I'm not Can't sure. Can't remember. I, I'm sorry, Carey Price, <laughs> but in there, as if it wasn't painful enough for Montreal, we got two more goals in the third. Yeah. Right. So at the 8:26 mark, Charlie Coyle got his fifth from Krug and Corrali, and at the 17:58 mark, Danton Heinen, just because why shouldn't he get some points too, got his fifth from uh, Jack Stadnika. Right? Wasn't his first assist or something? Was it that first professional point for yeah. Jack Stadnika? And uh, Tori Krug on the secondary and eight to one victory in the bell center that crazy. never happens i know that was crazy yeah it was very exciting crazy yeah. crazy good spent some time in the box a little bit here and there but i wonder if that's Danica's first professional penalty too in the third <laughs> probably uh but i don't know what say you about that uh, i thought it was a very good oh, game okay. statement game um needed i mean the the, the bruins were Pretty decent on the road anyway with an 8-3-1 and record as of right now, but back then they were still pretty decent. Um, I just, like I said, I didn't know where to go with this one because of what happened in the previous game um, when they played. It was tight and back and forth, but I did not expect this at all. Yarrow stopped 36 of 37 shots, so a 9-7-3. Not bad. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good for a win. Pasta got a hat trick, numbers... 21, 22, and 23. I still hold, I'll say 50 when I see 50 kind of thing. I know some people are like, oh, she had said that. No, I won't change my mind until he does it. There was no Bergeron. That's an important thing to note, too. Because yes. Montreal, it's not like they're a known team. I mean, they're pretty tough. Like you said, we got our number in the last game before that. But 12 players got points in that game. That's, when that's I like sick. looked over the thing, so, so either got a goal or a primary secondary assist, and six of them had more than one point. So that's pretty good too. And also you like to see, but Corrali, you want to talk about him a little bit, right? Yep. We're gonna talk about Sean Corrali has had a fabulous week, but it started in this game. He had a three point night. We were just saying how we just we know you have it in you, just like with Charlie McAvoy. We just want you to do it because we know you can. That's what I think. It's always nice to whoop Montreal's butt. 
Absolutely. <laughs> big big fan of, of uh, doing that. Um, the next night on Wednesday, uh, this was Thanksgiving Eve. Great way to uh, go in and um, you know celebrate the holiday. Um, and of course, there was uh, no first period goals, no second period goals. Very tight game back and forth. It almost seemed like the old trap games from the uh, mm -hmm. from the New Jersey Devils and the. Um, the playoffs matchup that these two teams had um, not too long ago. Um, but in the third period, that's when everything started to happen, and Thomas Shabbat gets on the board at the 41-second mark of the third period to give Ottawa a one to nothing lead. Not surprising because he's probably their best player that they have. He's very good defenseman. Yeah. Very good defenseman. Um, but Brad Marchand, uh, shortly after that, at the 5.15 mark, gets his 18th from Bjork and Corrali to tie the score at 1. And to end the game, Zdeno Chara scores his 5th uh, to give the Bruins a 2-1 to one lead at the 8.46 mark. Bruins shut down the rest of the game from the Ottawa Senators from getting any produ point production. Um, oh, the, the Chara goal, his 5th was uh, assisted by Gaunt's. Uh, his first professional point, I believe, I think so. and uh, Joachim Nordstrom, and that was a uh, a pretty decent win. Um, I, I at times I thought it was it was very sloppy. Mm. Um, you know, you're on the tail end of a back to back. I get that you might be tired, but um, I would say be a little more prepared against a team that you, you should beat. And 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 Otto was really no slouch. No, they're playing pretty well. You know, after all the shit that they've gone through the past two seasons, three seasons, whatever, um, unhappy players, management, uh, whatever. It's it's all of it. The, yeah, the team. They were a playoff team a couple of years ago, and they've been going yep. through some severe growing pains. And they're nowhere near as like how people thought. Like, oh yeah, I was definitely like one. And now like they're. Playing like pretty good, especially of late, because we had talked about that last week. Like you can't; it's the second half, of, but you can't say I used up all my energy in the Montreal game. Although emotionally, you may have. Right. Uh, but no, they. It was nice too. Ottawa got a too many men on the uh, too many men on the ice bench penalty, and it's nice to know other teams got that too because I thought it was just us uh, <laughs> in there. But um, yeah, no, I mean. Ottawa, it was slo we were sloppy, but Ottawa also didn't really. We didn't get chances. We they kept us out of the ball. You know, we didn't get on the power play. There wasn't even a lot of peace. So if that goes back to the five on five. We sometimes, you know, sometimes on five on five, especially we don't necessarily create the chances when we can. And but I agree with you. There were parts that were sloppy, but they won, right? That's what everyone says. Who cares if they get the points? To Gorask got the start in this night. Like I said, on the tail end of a back-to-back, -back, I thought he played pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, really put the team on his on his back, and um, you know, got him through some tough times. Um, yeah, he had he saved 33 out of 34. Not bad. 971. Not very good. And we beat Ottawa. So I know that wasn't the game. Everyone was probably nervous for or anything this week, but no, it was definitely the Tuesday game for me. Um, but to to end our week, and we do understand that there is a game tomorrow when we originally record, but we will add that on to next week's show, giving us a you know a longer discussion. Yeah. You know, but the Boston Bruins come home, little home cooking, Thanksgiving home cooking. 
at TD Garden yesterday, November 29th, against the New York Rangers. It was an afternoon tilt, a very popular afternoon tilt. Yeah, Black Friday game. Black Friday game. And, uh, yeah, it was a a, uh, interesting game, to say the least. The... Uh, New York Rangers get off on the board. Uh, Pavel Buskinevich scores his fifth at the 14-14 mark of the first period. And um, the second period, uh, the Rangers get on the board again. Uh, they give the Bruins a two to nothing. I mean, they give the Rangers a two to nothing lead. At, at this point of the game, I was just, of course, you're nervous. You know, because it's a home game, trying to keep this good thing going, and it's against an original six member that I always get yeah, hyped up for. Exactly, but I kind of, kind of got the feeling that this was might have been out of out of the Bruins' hands uh, early. But things change. Things change quickly as Sean Corrali scores his second, gets the Bruins closer, um, and then the, in the third period, uh, the 4:27 mark, uh, the Bruins get a uh, tying goal from David Pasternak, his 24th, which was another unbelievable goal. Is that the one that he went right up the middle? I can't remember. Oh, it was crazy. Um, but, but the Bruins... He scores a lot of goals. I, I know, remember. it's just fucking nuts. Uh, the Bruins did force overtime with that Pasternak goal in the third, and David Krejci came to deliver. At the 140 mark of the OT... David Krejci seals the deal from Pasternak and, and fellow, no? No. No, okay. Uh, good call. Uh, fellow European. Yes. <laughs> Yaroslav Falak gets uh, his assist, so his first of the year. Uh, awesome for him. But the better thing that happens and is And Krejci finished it, too. Like it wasn't, Crazy. Yeah. It that was guy was like absolutely mad. And we'll talk about him in our, in our show notes, but... Um, I agree with you. This game started off kind of still messy, like parts of the Ottawa game were, which, whatever, you know, it's been a long week. Been traveling around Thanksgiving, maybe got a little too much turkey hangover. I get you. (laughs) But uh, when we went to OT, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of like, I hate OT. No, because it always forces that stupid shootout. Well, and we had just had OT again in versus Ottawa. I can't have this happen to me every day. I don't have the stomach for this. Not full of pumpkin pie leftovers and stuff, you know? Right. But, yeah. They won, though. Good points. Uh, Halak had... He had 9-2-9. He only saw 28 shots. So that's not a lot of shots, but the Rangers were very effective. Like, we had a lot of shots, but weren't as um, effective in finishing it. They spent a lot of time in our end. That did make me nervous. A little bit. But we won three in a row. Woo! Which actually brings the winning streak to five games, I believe. Uh, what do I have? It's a six-game win streak. Nice. 7-0-3 oh, in the last ten. So we got 41 points, top of our division. So we're sitting in pretty good. There's some team, you know, we're not like so far ahead, sit back. You know, we got a big week coming up again this week and next week. Uh, we, You know, but... I think it was an overall good week. I think Sean Corrali had a fabulous week. David yes. Krejci's still being David Krejci, and Pasta's just pasta. <laughs> yeah, the guy's just amazing. Um, Mentioning the upcoming week, there are four games coming up, um, but if you want to get in any of the action and place a bet on any of the upcoming week's action from the Boston Bruins or any other sports team, check it out. 
the NHL Boston Bruins and AHL Providence Bruins are fully involved in their respected 2019-20 regular seasons, supplacing so a wager on any professional sport in Boston or worldwide has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. You can place a wager on action in the AHL, NHL, baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, and many other popular professional sports. And guess what? Because you're loyal listeners of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media Content, we're giving you a 50% bonus on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. This added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast by going to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Please remember a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines during your favorite Boston sports seasons. Get in all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sports wagering experts. Yes, get on it, sign up, get a free account, use the CLNS50 code, you get a sweet ass bonus up to 50%. It's unbelievable. Drop $55, get 55 back. It's nuts. It's just absolutely crazy. You should be doing it. I do it, and I mean, I'm not good. But the thing is, is the more you do it, the more you get better. That's true. So it's new to you. You're not really a exactly. sports gambler. You're learning how to do and it. And even even if you have some 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 uh, cards, some gift cards that you know, the debit ones. And there's so many different things you can bet on with oh, yeah. games crazy. and stuff too. So European Gambling. stuff, European sports, American sports, North American sports, whatever. It's got everything. It's awesome. But the upcoming week. And uh, like I said, we, we, we are recording on, on November 30th, so we'll start it off with tomorrow, Sunday, December 1st, the uh, Boston Bruins kick off a four-game homestand against the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, our 200, what did I say, it was 926th meeting of these two teams. Mark asked if I had all the other stats. No, it's depressing. Montreal definitely has the, it's like looking up the uh, River Rivals, thir- uh Thanksgiving game schedule, like By one the way, side of the river, game? the side of the river that usually wins the game. We did not. Okay. So, I don't want to bring up that, but I'm just saying this is 926 times. That's a lot of games to play, and they won one time, and we've won one time this year. Obviously, we just hand them their asses on Tuesday. I hope you all remember because I do. It was sweet. I know. Hard to forget we just talked about it. It was a good Monday. It was a good Monday. I know. We just <laughs> talked about it. So, but again, when they won it on the 5th, it was a little bit sloppy, but uh, the Canadians are in 6th right now in our division, but they have 27 points. That's not bad. They're 11, 9, and 5, so they're not playing horrible hockey. Although they were are on a 6-game losing streak as of this morning, obviously, if you're listening to this, things have probably changed. They could be on a one-game winning streak. Hopefully not. I'm just saying. Yeah, they're not playing well at all. Yeah. Well, they're having a rough stretch because this year they haven't been playing bad hockey. You know what I mean? They've been playing all right hockey, but this last couple weeks has not been kind to them, and it probably didn't help. No, I mean, actually, wasn't it last week we were talking on the on the show, mm-hmm. and they were in the top three in the Atlantic? Yeah. No, they weren't in the top. Oh, it was the week before that. Yeah, but they were there were higher up. That's for sure, like closer. Because we were looking, because pretty much 
The Atlantic's been holding steady the last couple weeks. Yeah. Sure, the d places have changed. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. Dramatically, uh, actually. Yeah, but overall, some of the people who are out, like the wild card, but like, where's Montreal? They're still six towards the wild card, but the point-wise, we're still, there hasn't been enough games played yet for points to be out of control yet for right. people to not be able to catch up. But, you know, going by the narrative of the Thanksgiving holiday, yeah. I like where they're sitting. <laughs> yeah. That's, I also like where several... Like, I'm just saying, I like what they have 27 points. Yeah, Toronto's got 27 points, too, but they, they're Toronto, so no one... You know, it's all like, yeah, they're changed. Yeah, you had your three-game win. Now you've lost. Like, everybody gets a pep in their step. <laughs> and maybe it's good for them, but... Some people are starting to get dangerous that they need to start yeah. Oh, yeah. working Absolutely. up or they're never going to catch. Can you believe, imagine if it's Atlantic, yeah, in the Atlantic, it's Boston, Florida, and Buffalo remain the top three teams because it's like everyone else below is kind of still fighting out to see who's going to rise to the top. Like, right. Because even the teams that should have already been at, risen a long time ago, that sounds so weird to say it that way, but you know what I mean? They're still kind of floating around. But, yeah, Montreal, hopefully we hand them their asses again because that makes me happy. They're 3-4-3 three, and three in their last 10 games, yeah, and they've lost. Are you still on the Montreal? I'm moving on because right, I've already um, beat them in my own mind. Montreal on the road. This is important because the the, uh, the four-game homestand that the mm -hmm. Bruins are currently having this week or starting next week. Uh, on the road, Montreal is 5-3-3. Three, and three. Did you say that? I did not. Okay. So that could, and, you know, at home, they're 6-6-2. Six, six and two. So obviously they're a better team on the road. Could be a, a true test for the Bruins, even though that I, I hope they come out triumphant. Well, and they're going to want to beat us in our own. We just beat them in their own house. They're going right. to want to beat us in our house, too. And we want to keep that home cooking going because it's rolling, baby. It is rolling. The Bruins, as of right now, on Saturday, November 30th, 10-0-4 at TD Garden. Which is absolutely amazing. Yep, still haven't lost at home in regulation. Yeah. That's what I said That's when so we went cool. to overtime versus Ottawa. I was like, well, at least we haven't lost at home in regulation, <laughs> no matter what happens. Gaining this points, point. no matter what. Overtime makes me nervous, like it just does. Anyway, uh, moving on to the game on Tuesday, December 3rd, right before a fantastic day. We'll get back to it later. But the uh, Boston Bruins uh, host the Carolina Hurricanes. Heather, what do you have on these characters? Well, I just have that Carolina's fifth in the Metro right now. They've played 26 games, and they have 31 points. They're 15, 10, and 1. Carolina's a decent team, but we haven't seen them since we uh, swept them away last spring. Uh, it'll be interesting because they have something. But they're currently on a two game losing streak, even though they were 6 and 4 now. So in the last. So they've only lost two, so they're playing better maybe now. They're on the downside, which will be great, but they're pretty good. Where do they... Did I write down where... Yeah, they're fifth in the Metro, which is a, proving to be kind of a tough division within itself. The, the East is very strange this year, because I'm looking at a lot of people that also aren't in the playoff picture right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm looking at the Flyers and thinking, is Pittsburgh mad? I think they are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But that's all that's all I have. We haven't played them yet this season, but they're playing pretty good hockey too, but we're the we, we can beat anyone we put our minds to. Bruins take a break for the the host of the Black and Go Hockey podcast uh, birthday. Yep, and that's why that on that day. So they day, need a break on that day. I wish they were playing because I like I like when they play on my birthday because it gives me an excuse to double drink. But at the same time, 
you can double drink anyways because your birthday and on your birthday you can do whatever you want it's fine it's It's like you know the purge but birthday style um i was gonna say but on your birthday on the fourth in between games what people can do is they can go and give you lots of reviews and five stars that's what you want for your birthday is five star ratings so go to whatever you're listening what go to the platform you you're listening to right now Give us a five-star rating and write something good or write something bad about us. We love it. Yeah. But just do it for Mark. For yeah, for my birthday. It's a easy, just time, takes five minutes of your time. Turn 35, I'm wicked pumped. Yeah, it's about time you got to your mid-30s <laughs> 10 years ago. No, I'm just kidding. Such a liar. You but know, anyway. I'll text you happy 103rd birthday. Yeah, no I know. How like you always do. Like a pain in the ass sister that you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you were anxious to turn 20 for goodness sakes. Like, yeah, I know. Um, 105, you know, so I like to do that. So, anyway. Bring it, bringing it back to the to the Boston Bruins schedule. Thursday, the 5th. On Thursday, the 5th, the Chicago Blackhawks come to town. Another original six. I just love it. And uh, hopefully we can take care of these guys. Tor- uh, Toronto. Um, Chicago. <laughs> Chicago is not Last good. in the Central. Dead last. They're yeah. 10, 10, and 5 with 25 points. And in their last 10 games, oh, they're 5, 3, and 2. Yeah. And uh, in overall standings, they are second to last to the lone Los Angeles Kings, who are not playing very well at all. Uh-uh. My West Coast team sucks. The Kings are in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, that should be a good battle. Uh, anything on those characters? No, that's just all I wrote. Uh, Chicago's kind of struggling this year, but uh, they still have Patrick Kane, so he could beat us. He doesn't the rest of the team. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Like, Chicago, they do... Again, we never play down to your opponent, know what I mean? Because I Chicago could very well come in here and give us a run for our money. Uh, before we go forward from that... Can I just mention, though, all the games start at 7 p.m. this week, too, for everyone who is tuning in as we win. We don't, we don't always say game times, but we do this not. week, we're at home, 7 p.m. the whole time. One more game next week? Uh, yes, the Saturday at 7 p.m., as you said, the Colorado Avalanche. Now, this is the team that, out of, out of the four, I believe are going to bring the biggest threat even though they are without the services of Captain Gabriel Landeskog, mm-hmm. that team is still nasty. McKinnon, Rantanen, um, and and the goaltending has been really good with uh, Philip Grubauer. Yeah. Um, the he, def- the he, defense has been good, even though they lost a significant piece. This team is going to want to come into TD Garden and ruin, hopefully, a potential, um, you know, winning streak at home. Um, so. They beat us on the opening swing of our our opening road trip there for the season, four to two. Uh, they are a nasty team. Like, yeah, they're they, a wagon, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Landis being out is like, that's like tragic to them, but they're also a team that has so many. That's like going, yeah. oh, well, Mitch Myers out in Toronto and pretend like there's no one else that can score. Like, they're a sick team. And uh, but they beat us four to two. I, I was gonna say Grubauer beat us in the four to two because that was anybody's game, but he solidly kept us out of his net yeah. that game. So Agreed. it was a very disappointing loss. Uh, but they're 15-8-2 with 32 points, and they're third in the Central. And uh, they're, uh, I'm surprised they're not a little higher in there, but they're on a two-game win streak, and they're 7-3-0 in their last 10. And they're nasty because they are the avalanche, and they're built to be a cup contender. So it's nice to play teams like that because you got to find the balance between... 
who in the end you might fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. Be facing kind of teams versus everybody else. And, and their road record, I mean, they are above 500, but they're obviously not as good as they are at home at the Pepsi Center, but they're 8-5-1 and one on the road. And who knows where you could, you know, gauge that um, when you're trying to look at a battle between these two teams that don't often see each other. I mean, this is basically yeah. the last time they played their uh, game on the road there, and they're going to play their game here, and that's it for the season. So I like to see their statistics of playing at sea level. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to you know, break, like we'll have to break that down. You've got to go up and up, you know. But that ends the week uh, right there for the Boston Bruins uh, from the week of the 1st to the 7th. Um, so a lot of exciting games coming up, a lot of games that I believe are definitely winnable, and you got to play 60 minutes. Um, I think one of the biggest things right now in, in the past two weeks, we've seen the Boston Bruins play teams, like we said, down to their level a little bit, but the desperation times are coming late in the games. I mean, within the last 10 minutes. Yeah, it's exciting, you know, but Jesus, it is, can we not? I know, if you're going to do that... <laughs> Put it earlier in the game so you have that buffer zone and try to get back into it, not so late. Um, so, but it, you know, regardless, they're getting the points. Yeah. They they sit in the first place spot in the um, in the Atlantic. Uh, they are tied with the uh, Washington Capitals. Would you actually, when you think about it, uh, you know what? I'm just going to look through this. The conference standings. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, when you click it on the conference stands and you go away from the wild card mm -hmm. on NHL.com, it, it states that the Boston Bruins are, in fact, right now, the best team in the NHL. Yeah, because... They're tied well, at 41 with Washington. In the conference, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, in the East. Well, well now, we don't want any Western listeners to be like, what about the West? Well, if you look at the league, bam, I just clicked it on the league, and yes, the Boston Bruins are at the top, Washington, St. Louis, and Edmonton. Which has been a surprise. They've been you, plugging along all right. Yeah. The Islanders are playing well. Arizona is playing well. Good to see Winnipeg get back involved. Mm. Decent to see Philadelphia after their start. And obviously Colorado sneaking in uh, in the top ten in Pittsburgh, you know. But there's a lot of a lot of things that I, you look at the bottom of this list and you're just like, wow. Tampa Bay, 21st in the league. Never would have saw that. No. Especially from last year's regular season. Yeah. Who but, is statistically last? Can you finish scrolling down? So Detroit. Detroit is statistically the last, and then the Kings. So at least the Kings have that. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's so fun. to look forward to My that. West Coast team is still not in the basement. Yeah, there you go. But no, I mean, there's going to be... a tank show this year. Jesus, yeah, that coach right. is gone. Oh, my goodness. Something's but, happening in Calgary. Like I said, there's, it's going to be a, a, a busy week, a busy month. Uh, lots of home games. So... Um, you know, there's so many, so much potential for this Boston Bruins team to move forward. Well, I said at this rate, we're going to play all our home games by New Year's and everything else is going to be on the road. We've played a lot of home games this year already, it I feels know. like. I know. So that's sad. It's crazy, crazy. For the end. But yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out on the, all the games, but the end cap games are kind of the most concerning to me, but. And next week's your birthday again. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, action-packed week. Four games. Mark's birthday. At some point, us getting together to talk about these four games yep. and Mark's birthday. And, and I'm going to 
Actually, Courtney bought us Boston Pops tickets. Nice. No, no. Oh, uh, I'm saying that. Boston yes. Symphony. The, we're going to the Boston Symphony Orchestra, and we're watching, I think it's the Boston Pops. I want to say yeah. it is. There's a Boston Pops and there's a Boston Symphony. So All right. I don't know because I know Either been. way, it's going to be awesome. All right. Like, World-renowned so musical. We got some pretty awesomeness. good tickets. We are, we're going to the 4 o'clock show on Friday the 6th. Um, so... I don't know which one you're going to, but either way, you're going to have your mind blown because... I hope so. Big fan. Best per- some of the best performing troops in the world. All right, let's take our first break. We're going to hear from the great folks at College Hockey Incorporated, at College Hockey on Twitter. Go check them out for any college student that wants to get some information or some... Um, you know, road that you should be traveling, uh, or any questions you have concerning a college student, uh, check out uh, Brett Schlossman and Nate Yule. They do a fantastic job. So we will be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scorer! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! All right, we are back to talk Boston Bruins hockey after that great uh, commercial break from the great folks at College Hockey Inc. Uh, go check them out. Listen to their podcast. Uh, check them out on Apple Podcasts. I believe they're on Spotify. A lot of uh, worldwide platforms you can find them. So definitely a good listen every week. Um, let's get into some topics to uh, to finish up the show uh, on the on this part of the segment or whatever. I'm a little lost here, but uh, not lost is uh, two players that um, are going to be staying home uh, in their respective Massachusetts. Uh, Nativism. If yeah. That's, if that's a, if the, I'm probably gonna get hammered na- for that they're, one. They're native Massachusetts. There you go. Oh, that's the one I was looking for. The I don't end. know. I just made that up. I don't know if we're actually Massachusetts. <laughs> but the uh, the Boston Bruins come to extension deals with uh, Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner. Um, wow, uh, this this was not expected. Um, Mid season. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. After the after the first quarter of the 2019-20 campaign, I saw this as a more of an off-season discussion between these guys, and one of them I didn't see coming did, back yeah, at I all. Was like you didn't think Wagner was going to be. No, I just and we'll talk about that. But um, I, I think good deals. They lock up uh, Charlie Coyle from Weymouth, Massachusetts. He signs a six-year extension. Uh, giving him a uh, what was it, about a two million dollar bump in pay, mm-hmm. up to five twenty five per season. I don't think it's a bad deal, uh, number wise. I know you're gonna say something about the term. Yeah, I don't really like the term. I don't think anybody that late into their twenties should get six year term. And I say that being someone who does like Charlie, uh, does like Charlie McAvoy. I remember how like when he first was coming here, you're like, I don't get it. Why is this what he did? And right. Like no, like he'll fit in, but. I'm not sure about... Are you more of a four-year kind of girl? I think once you're over 25, you should only have four-year deals going forward. Because then you can end up negotiating in the end your six years or seven, whatever. 
Also, your value might go up. You could be locking yourself into, you know, because 27 is young enough that you can progress. But I just, I don't think anyone, it's not a Charlie Coyle thing. It's a, I don't like that unless the kid is like young, young. Like you're gonna. Uh, the only gripe I have with it, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to eat, eat more and more crow every freaking time, folks. And I know the ones that are listening out there that hammer me on Twitter about it, which is all good. Is is he needs to be more consistent? That's that's my biggest thing with him. He is a big body. He puck possesses very well. He needs to shoot more. The I don't know understand why he's becoming such a more of a passer now than anything. That guy needs to shoot it. And I've heard several people that go to practices all the time and say and critique his shot and tell me that he's just got to use it more because it's it is lethal. If he gets that and gets consistency, this deal is 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 good. This deal also makes sense because it solidifies that third line for a while. But also, if you if you take away Krejci, he doesn't come back. Who knows what happens with Bergeron? I'm not saying anything bad right now. I'm not speculating any future from him either. You know what I'm saying? But Coyle is that next guy up mentality when you need a good center. Um, and I think he can do all right, but it just his, his point production has got to get up. Mm, yeah, like, again, I like Charlie Coyle, but that's the thing that I keep thinking is, so you think he's going to replace Bergeron or Krejci ultimately, or you wouldn't give him six years, right? When you look when you look at the contract, kind of the way it's nice. laid out, yeah, but when you look at the way the, it's laid out, I mean, he's, he's going to, his contract's going to oversee that and that. Yeah. So... I know. I just, I like Charlie Coyle. I think six years or whatever. Like I said, I looked up just a little bit ago, right? What is, I want to know what his overall numbers are for a career because I'm not sure. Again, I just don't like the six years. Like he's 27 years old. Like anything could happen. Like this is the. Last year he had two goals and five assists in the time that he came here from Minnesota till. The well, end of the regular season. I think that... But then blew it up in the playoffs. I think Cassidy's system is much more suited for him to be to the max capacity he can be as a player than he was when he was in, say, Minnesota or whatever. Right. But at the same time, I don't... You're not blowing my mind so much. I also don't know how, in this short time, you've earned a $2 million bump. Like, why not three years at four and a half and then... We can negotiate that last yep. four or five years of your career. Well, that's valid. And then, you know that that's just for me, and uh, yeah, so that's that. But the Wagner one, I feel almost the opposite of. You the, know what I mean? Like yeah, Chris Wagner, um, yeah, from Walpole Mayor. Uh, you know, you know all that crap. Um, signed a three-year, one point three five million dollar contract. Now this one. It was weird for me because I didn't see it happen, as many folks have, have heard in the, in the past. Um, I thought that he was going to be the next Shaler Achari that was going to kind of price himself out of the market as a bottom 12 forward. Um, so but this one makes sense now because now I want to keep him because the number is very, very cat friendly. Uh, and... I just, I, I swear to God, I thought the 2.6, 3.5 range that he was going to try to thrive for. But I think by accepting that, that means he wants, to, he, 
obviously he knows what's going on in the room. He said it in interviews saying that it's so positive, it's great to be around the guys and so on. But this also gives him three more years to, to be in his home state playing for his, you know, his beloved Bruins. Well, I think one, they, wa- they wanted to keep them together, right? Because part of Coyle in the beginning, we didn't know what was going to happen because we had only really seen him and Johansson together. Obviously, they were both yeah. acquisitions yeah. at the same time last year to kind of see what could do with it. But uh, we had talked a little bit about I also think Wagner, though, didn't want to be... It's not about pricing yourself out, but when you are a bottom six winger like there are a lot of people who are also vying for those positions to try and get you know whether it's young kids coming up other people in your age group that are looking for a new job you know whatever and I think that he thinks that this is a team that's worth only making a hundred thousand dollars more because that leads me to think he knows this is a contender and this is the way he stays here because just historically it's not even the last few years right like we that our bottom pairing, I'm, our bottom pairings, our bottom lines don't usually stay around long in the forms that they are. Right. Like year to year, sometimes you get two years out of them. They're always moving. And I get that's on most teams, but yep. if you're going to pay people, like I do feel like if you're going to lock up people long term, that's because you think the people that they're with and the chemistry or whatever core. is worth it. You know yep. what I mean? Like if they're not going to become part of the core. No team wants to always be whatever. Look at how pissed we get. We get most of our positions, but since we can't figure out who's the right wing for Krejci on the second line half the time, it drives us all batshit crazy, even though there's been plenty of excellent players that have played there, you know, that Krejci played well with, and it just isn't to the expectation or whatever. But Wagner, I think he knows his value. I mean, he could have a little higher value, but why risk going out there to only end up with the same that you had, you know what I mean? Where yeah. you could already be in a system that you seem to be working well in. Although he spent a lot of time in the box this week, Wagner did. But, you know, I think this is his way of keeping that position because anybody seems to be put there as necessary when it comes down to it, you know, and if you're asking more. Also, I think you saw what happened. Like, it was one thing when Danton Heinen had gone, you know, and it was going to maybe go to arbitrary or whatever was going on in the for his contract this year. But at the same time, he's fought for that, like that rate, that much more, yep. you know, whatever. So, Which was cat friendly, too. Yeah, and this is enough that, again, Wagner's a young enough guy that he can stick around, then maybe later they can give him three mil for the back end or whatever for another two-year extension or something, and he'll yep. get five overall. But I don't like anyone, any contract that's longer than four years yeah. or five I hear years. You. Like. Football's got it right on that. <laughs> like, five is my number. Even back then when they were signing, like, you know, um, 10-year 10, 10 deals and so on, I was so like, no. I mean, that's just, that hurts the league. I don't think it spreads enough it out when it comes... sense. When it comes out to free agency, I don't think it, sp- it, it allows the league to, like, have um, some really big names go to different places. Now it does. You know what I mean? Now you don't. I mean, I see a lot of general managers now are trending on on the the average of five years. So we, I mean, I just think it's a good number. Well, yeah, no one needs Ricky DiPietro ten year numbers like that's where, like any player is a different player ten years. You know, right? I mean, well, very few players are the same player at thirty one as they are at twenty one. Exactly. <laughs> you know, somebody that needs a decrease in pay, in my opinion, would be the people that the National Hockey League. Uh, hires as their concussion spotters. So we'll move on to the next topic.
mm-hmm. uh, about Brad Marchand's frustration with concussion spotters during the Rangers game yesterday. Now, I'm having a, a bit of a hard time remembering because there was a lot of go- a lot of things going on yesterday. Um, but Marchand took a, an elbow, and it wasn't, I don't think, deliberate. I think that he was in the corner at Truba, Jacob Truba, yeah. was in the corner working, and because Truba's a taller person, player, than Marchand is, Truba had his elbow up as he's trying to play the puck, Marchand skated into it. Now, it's coming out now that Marchand has the flu, and he played through it yesterday, hmm. and he's not at practice right now, or, or this morning. So... He's off the ice with flu-like symptoms. Don't know where the whole concussion thing's coming involved, whether he had one or not. But my my problem that I'm not trying, I can't figure out is, did he come back in the third period? I don't. I thought I saw him in the third period, or when the concussion called him. Because and and the 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 place of where they called the concussion or, or the protocols to get him off was skeptic because. The hit, the elbow to the face or head, yeah. happened in the second period. The concussion protocol waited 15 to 20 minutes and then pulled them out when the freaking third period was about to start. True. Yeah. So, I thought he came back in in the third period, but if the concussion protocol took him out, then he couldn't come back. Is that valid? I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. I do remember him taking a nasty elbow, like, yeah, not malicious or anything, just, like, in the course right. of play. Right, Doing it. Wasn't I, egregious at all. Yeah. Okay. But I also don't know what happened on the bench. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know why those calls are made. I wish some of these tweets would say that, that hey, he, yeah. you know, he got taken out but came back. But um, Brad Marchand, I don't remember. from Joe Haggerty on Twitter... Brad Marchand on concussion spotter taking him out to start of the to start the third period. They had 15 to 20 minutes to make the call before they did. They need to stop eating hot dogs and pizza on the ninth floor and get their heads out of their butt. Pay attention. So, regardless of my my forgetfulness or whatever, um, that's kind of crap. You know what I mean? That they waited that long. To do it and, and the time that they did it. Well, it's strange to me because the NHL is so anal about the concussion protocol. Yeah. They are, which, I mean, it's there for a you reason. You think they'd be right? right on top of this. Right. But at the same time, that leads me to believe that either he wasn't... Sh- maybe that 20 minutes in between... You know what I mean? Because it <clears throat> through the intermission or whatever, maybe at that time he wasn't showing signs of whatever... You know what I mean? And then it was like they decided for precautionary reasons to do it. I don't know. Or Brad Marchand wasn't expressing enough like, hey, I think I need to. Because I'm I'm confused about what Marchand's saying. He's pissed like he wanted to stay off the ice and they tried to make him go but then decided he couldn't go on. Or he's just mad that he didn't get to play the third period. I think he was mad that they they didn't call it. When it happened, right, or shortly after, they waited so long. And I get that, but but my, but do you see what I? My my question is, is it like he was trying? If he wasn't exhibiting signs of what, because 
you don't have to put them immediately in. Like, just because someone's head got touched, you know, they don't necessarily go into concussion. Right. So that means at the time, maybe he wasn't showing signs or didn't express, I think I need to, I should be eval before I go on the ice, which I'm not saying players are going to necessarily tell you. Right. But also, though, as a, I mean, it's, they don't normally let their, our players go back out there and then decide to do that. He so, looked a little woozy after it. That's what I mean. Is that should he have gone into it? Probably. I think anytime you take that kind of any kind of whiplash should warrant. Yeah. You know the ten, fifteen minutes, whatever it is that they make them go in there for the initial one. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I I also don't know. Like maybe Marshawn. Like, maybe they did kind of let him do it, and then he thought they were going to let him back on the ice, and then they were like, no, guy, you're not going back on the ice. Oh, we was, don't know that either. He was like, pissed you know off I mean? to start the third period going yeah. down the tunnel. He was not happy. So, I don't know what happened that we didn't see during evaluations or discussions right, amongst right. the medical professionals. So, I don't know. My shot isn't pissed and shooting off just... A marshy, and now I'm gonna chirp, chirp, chirp because I'm mad. You know what I mean? Right. You ask him to do that instead of hit or lick, right? So that's what he's doing. Uh, I don't, I don't know though. I mean, I don't think it was. I don't know though. I'm not a medical professional. I wasn't out back, but you're right. He did look woozy, but everybody looks woozy after they take a little hit. But maybe he thought that he was gonna get cleared to go back out, and maybe there was just some miscommunication about the whole situation. Yeah, Yeah, Marshan came, not fired back, came back on Twitter and said, my emotions got the best of me after today's game. I don't want to miss any shifts with us being down two to one. I know the spotters are there to help us, and I shouldn't have uh, taken my frustrations out on them. Well, that's coach going, Brad. Yeah, (laughs) probably. Walk it back, guy. Regardless, I just think that that's going to, that's, that's got to be tightened up, in my opinion. Yeah. I said it on Twitter uh, yesterday after it happened, and I added the uh, NHL, too. It's like, these, the, you guys have to get together, and you have to make these rules and make them concrete. The offsides, the headshots, whatever you're promoting, you have to make it solid. Yeah, but this if is... This, if this continues to go on, it means the league is inviting the drama. Okay, first of all, Brad Marchand is going to do what Brad Marchand wants. So to compare him to what other people in his situation in this league would have done is not fair. Second of all, at least with our team, I do not feel that the trainers allow them on the ice unless they feel they're cleared to be on the ice. So that being said, I can understand his frustration if he didn't think it happened. You know what I mean? Like, had they told him two minutes before the period started, maybe he wouldn't have freaked out like that or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I also get, like, he's a spitfire. He doesn't want to be out there. We're losing. You know, he he is one of the leaders on the team. He wants to be the lead. You know what I mean? One of the leaders on the team. And you lead by, you know, sucking up. But we, he doesn't live in a world where you can just suck it right. up. So right. I just, I haven't ever seen our trainers allow people on the ice, whether it be practice for contact or whatever, without that. Because maybe they're like... You need to be reavailed in another hour, and in the meantime, we've just made the decision after talking amongst ourselves and your coach. Like, I don't know what happened. Do you see what I mean? No, I, so, I get it. But, but at I, least for our team, like, I don't feel like I don't feel this is the same situation as needing to have better. It's all about the timing, believe it or not. No, and I get that, but just because he didn't like the timing, again, we don't know all of. Well, the what timing that pissed me was. off too because it should have been done in the incident, not later on. 
Okay, but again, sometimes people can do things, and again, he got hit in the head, but people get smacked all the time. Well, yeah, right? that's when they should you know, make the call. Right. Make but what call. I'm saying is that don't at wait. the time, he may not have been exhibiting... You don't know that he wasn't exhibiting Then why the squad enough. is there in the first place? That's what I don't understand. If you're not there to because make that call... anybody who's ever had a concussion in the kind of hit that he had... Any, people I, if I was a squatter, I would have called it. But, and, and, but how many times do people take head hits and stuff like that, they don't automatically all go in that you're there. You're there to make a judgment. Right. So maybe at the time the judgment was he wasn't exhibiting signs enough to think he needed to be pulled. That's not the squatter's call. But as we're call. sitting there. That's not okay. the squatter's call. All right. Well, we can debate it or not, but I don't I don't think this is the same thing that you can argue with goaltender interference or like when doing... They've got to get the all the, the rules... All in concrete, moving forward. Well, what I'm saying is that whether I, it be I want you this to incident, show, uh, whether it be that incident or this incident, no, because this league has to buckle down on this bullshit. There's different kinds bullshit. of incidences, though. I getting an elbow when you're like a statement for everything, right? But you can't compare to you can't compare apples and oranges, right? But like nailing down goaltender interference is different than nailing down like we talked about. Uh, when you call a whistle because there's blood, it should always be called right. versus no. And like I understand, thing. What, so I like understand what you're saying. Different. I understand what you're saying. But. Not individual, doing individual. They have to sit down and get all these rules in place. But this, this is, is not whatever this one is. Is what I'm saying to you is right. I feel like everything don't, though. Right, but th this isn't something that seems to be an egregious thing that's happening league wide, where players are being pulled. Later than was supposed to be. Or what if it's at a time that it costs this freaking it's Stanley Cup Finals and this happens? Okay, first of all, that's you, ridiculous. Well, it has to be a call by call basis, but you can't okay. compare the rampant non enforcement of rules that are on the book compared to medical things. Like that's a different situation. Like this is a totally different kind of rule in the rule book. Do no, you know I, what I mean? I and get that. What I'm I saying haven't is, seen anything legal. Let's tighten up on everything. Okay. Everything. So, <clears throat> all right. Um, before we take another break, uh, what about talking about Sean Corrali and his, his week? Yep, I think he's been playing game. very well. Um, and I think he got, got the word from, um, the coach after he kind of, I don't think, I wouldn't just want to say the coach called him out, but kind of did. I'm mm. uh, just saying that he's got to be, he's got to be better, uh, in certain situations. So, um. I think he took that to heart and did something about it because he's absolutely fantastic lately. Yeah, well, he had a good week. I don't know if it's because someone said something to him because he's not really a player, I think, that isn't already crit criticizing himself. He knows he hasn't been playing well and doing the things that earned him his contract on this team or whatever. But, uh, yeah, he's had a good amount of points this week. He's, something seems to have sparked off in him and... Good because we need him. He's our grinder. He's our right. person that keeps everything moving forward, even when things are kind of stale. He kept us in the Stanley Cup and uh, the even the conference final. You know, just by being a uh, when you're down, him and Charlie and that like just would be like, nope, that's how you do it, guys. Let's go, let's go. Right. And I think he had has to have noticed he's had a hard time sparking off. Why that is, I don't know, but maybe yeah. it's just maybe it was in his own head. Or maybe Bruce didn't call him out on anything and just said to him, you got this guy, calm down. Like, you know, you don't need, you know what I mean? Because you, when people are playing poorly, it's not like they don't know they're playing poorly, but then you get in your own head. And then, you know, like if you're in baseball and you can't hit the ball for a little bit, which happens to everybody, yeah, 
but then you're like, oh my god, I got a 9.33, you know, whatever, and the 9.33, a 1.33, like, I can't seem to hit the ball, that was the weirdest statistic that made no sense in baseball, but, like, you know, I got 1.33, I'm never gonna hit the ball again, and then you launch a couple swing, you know, right. no, no, like, the, McAvoy, maybe he's in his own head. The, uh, yeah, he's just, he's, he's the glue to that fourth line, you know, and I think he, he compliments any addition to that line because that seems to be one of those you know the the ninth forward is all or the the 13th forward sorry is going to um you know get a rotation and so on so you get most of those guys are going to see that time on the fourth line but so he plays well there i don't i'm not a big fan of corrali at the third line when they make the movement up and so on but um, you know, definitely keep Coil, keep Corrali. I mean, he's he's good, and when he produces offensive numbers too in that role, it just adds on to it, adds on to the excitement for that player because he works hard. I, mean, I think he well, skates very well, and you know, he does the good things. He just gets snake bitten once in a while, but well, I think that's the thing to to remember about him, though. It doesn't mean that he hasn't been doing all those other things that make him good at what he does. He just hasn't been finishing and stuff like that like like we've been used to him doing you right. know what i mean right but no he's had an excellent week five points or something like that maybe six points i would look but i'm too lazy <laughs> the um the, the next topic before we take the uh another break is um the dancing heinen and uh, hate lately i don't I, I this is a tough one um because the guy's been playing pretty decent. I know he gave up one uh, opportunity, uh, turned it around for a goal, and uh, got criticized a lot for making a mistake. And I, you know, I kind of believe that. You know, I I was kind of you know my moment was look at the end result. Look what happened after that mistake and how this team rallied with him, got on his shoulder after a bad moment and turned around and won the freaking game. And just shooting from the hip on on the hate from this guy, I just don't get. It. I don't get it at all. I don't get any of the hate for Danton Heinen. and I think he's a well-rounded player who grinds the shit out on this team and should be left alone to do. Like clearly, the coach likes him because he needs to shoot more. Yeah, he he does, but at the same time, he's another one. Like, I don't think Heinen has struggled this year. I mean, he's got five goals. He hasn't struggled in the way that like a Corrali or someone we've been. Just watching them not struggle, I guess, is a strong word. But, you know, like, not being able to find their groove, I guess, to, like, really maximize themselves. But Heinen continues to do what Heinen does. He plays everywhere you need him to be, and he does his job mostly. Like, yes, sometimes there you have bad moments, yeah, and but that's not what being a professional is about. you got to let the bad moments go and then, you know continue on and your team and like his teammates like him like you know like you said you rally around and you do what you do sometimes i think the narrative about him is 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 down two avenues it's his offensive capabilities and it's his size or or his physicality like he doesn't hit you know he can't take a hit or he's not scoring enough or producing enough but if you if you get away from those two narratives and you look back and you look at his game away from the puck his puck tracking his ability to like um play along the boards Mm. i think is tremendous and the way he shifts moves to get to that puck and does it 
pretty without getting penalized a lot. You know what I mean? I think it's tremendous. It's a tremendous asset to to have. I would say that's ridiculous to say that he doesn't take hits. He battles on the board. Yeah, so that's his bread and butter. I, just, I mean, sure, he's not getting knocked out from cross ice or whatever. Right. But so what? Like he's still there with sticks and elbows and bumping and you know. But because I wasn't on the Danton Hine and hate, I got called uh, a chump and a, and I'm fat. And I thought it was kind of funny. The Twitter, the Twitter keyboard heroes that think that Heinen sucks because he makes a mistake is, is ridiculous. Well, you know, things aren't perfect. You know what I mean? How I feel about social media. Yeah, I know. Are like, no wonder why you're not on it. No, I'm not on it because that's the problem. Is that like just like we can sit here and have our opinions, but it doesn't make it law and fact. Like yeah, no, I know. other people like. I do this, have to this idea that we can't disagree with one another. Like it's either the way I think because obviously I'm the most intelligent person that ever existed, yeah. and if you don't see it exactly my way, and I say I'm an American, and part of the fun of being an American is you can say your stupid shit, and I can believe my stupid shit. Neither of us get to be right. But you know, right. you don't get to call my friend fat a fat chump because uh, you must be blind if you hate Dan Heinen that badly over one thing because yeah. he does a lot of stuff that makes all those superstars that you buy your jerseys for look good Absolutely. and I don't want to hear otherwise. We love you Danton Heinen. I know you're not listening but if you are listening much love because you just keep doing your thing. Everybody has <laughs> their moments. But yeah, sorry. I just I don't understand. It's been an ongoing Heinen thing. It's like the way that it is. It's just it's annoying. I mean, it's I I don't know. I I guess people are definitely different. They see things differently, and and the games just come to them in a difference. So yeah. and I'm saying that word. We way all too have much. eyes, but none of us are getting paid to yeah exactly. be anywhere near that bench. So it's just fun to have the banter be, and so on. And when you see stuff like that, it just makes me laugh. Exactly. Because, it's supposed to be fun, yeah. like. Banter. We're all on the same. Don't yep. you want Danton Heinen to do well? We all yeah. have the same team we're voting for. <laughs> He's a part of the cog. You know what I mean? It's it's all about succeeding, as as a team. And I don't know. but it's like when people are like, oh, I hope to Garas would out. Why would you hope your own goaltender loses? That is the stupidest thing I've so, ever heard of in my life. Not so much to, this year, because because you want to bring in a guy that uh, his backup that really doesn't play. I'm not saying Halak doesn't play that much, yeah. but in the past, bringing in a backup was not a good, very good idea. Yeah, we've had a few that were like nothing against oh, them, God. but just weren't. The odds were not in our favor. Weren't doing the <laughs> trick. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't understand general Dan Heinen hate. Kind of makes me hate those people who hate Dan Heinen. I don't want to hate you people. I don't know you. I don't even know Dan Heinen, but I do know I think that. But just get your eyes checked, son. Just kidding. Right. Sorry. All right. We will take another break and hear from the great folks at the store next door. Yarmouth based company doing great things for the great people. Check them out. I think you can still get on their uh, mailing list and get something in time for Christmas. I think I think that's a definite actually. Go if not, to, there's Valentine's Day and stuff yeah. coming up after. Get yeah. them a, get someone a New Year's present. Exactly. Great advice from Heather. Perfect timing. Uh, go to thestorenextdoor.ca and check out their um, their website and all the list of great items that they have. Most of them hockey related. They take broken sticks and make furniture out of them. Great Adirondack chairs, end tables, uh, benches. It's awesome stuff. So go check them out, folks. We'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, 
and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. Hey, Bruins fans, we're back. Uh, that was a great little commercial from the folks at the store next door.ca. Uh, go check them out. Like I said, they make some really good hockey stuff. Uh, some really, really cool people are doing these things and and just a good thing for everybody up there and, and Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. So, And I'm also going to be purchasing some of their items to give away to our Patreon members and we will uh, we'll discuss our Patreon stuff in winter uh, this week later on in the show, obviously. But uh, getting back to the topics, um, David Krejci has been just a, a stellar um, player so far in his return since he came back from his little injury um, and just, I mean, he's got five goals, 13 assists, 18 points in his last 15 games, um, you know, and that that's all, you know, well-known and so on, and, and he is playing so good, but he's, my thing is, is I really, really like what he's doing minus Patrice Bergeron in the lineup. Like, he's really stepped in for Berge um, in a role whenever he's needed. But, man, I, I really do like that line of Krejci, Marshan, and, and Pasternak. And I, I really wish they'd use it a lot more. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting Bergeron in the second line. I know it's it's it sucks for everybody to think about, you know, but... Bergeron plays to make anybody that plays with Bergeron. It seems like they, he gets the best out of them. So I'd like to see him with Debrusk and see what happens, and then and whoever on the right side. You know what I mean? Well, I was gonna say I think that it's not like switching them are. First of all, I think anyone can play with Pasternak and Marshawn at this point. They have their own like you know whatever. Yeah. But sometimes like. When you think about Krejci and Bergeron, which I like Bergeron on the top line with Krejci, but I'm not opposed to them switching spots either. Do you know what I mean? But that's because, unlike other people, I like, I'm not saying, like, accusing people, but people think, like, oh, it's like a downgrade. But it's not really a downgrade. It's like having Yaroslav Halak, who plays pretty freaking well, and if he needed to be our starting goaltender for a little bit, you don't feel Good. too horrible about it. Yep. Like, maybe it's more of, like, a 1A and 1B center position situation as opposed to traditionally your first line, second line, third line. You know, like Coyle is definitely the third line center. You know what I mean? Sure. Corelli is definitely the fourth line center. But like with Bergeron and Krejci, I mean, Krejci used to be the top line center. Like Bergeron wasn't always the top line center. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I just feel like they're interchangeable. Not because they're not individual or unique players, but because... I think that the wingers on the top line are who they are and they should stay together because it's all working out beautifully. But it doesn't really matter, I think, who their center is. And that could be good, though, for Bergeron, who seems to really be struggling with his the groin or whatever this year. You know what I mean? That a little bit of 
management, you know, if Krejci played a little more on first unit power play or played the top line, you know what I mean? That could, would reserve a little more because obviously they play a little bit more, you know, and maybe I, it would help spark on that line. But I, I like the I like the way it sounds and looks on paper when you're thinking about spreading out the 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 offense mm-hmm. and just creating more second, <clears throat> excuse me, secondary scoring, you know. Um, which has gotten a little better lately. Mm-hmm. We, we continue to talk about that being an improvement. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for whatever works, you know. And if I just, I just like what I see, you know yeah. what I mean? I really, I, I think that uh, going back to a previous podcast, I know I mentioned this before, I just think that Krejci's got a lot more creativity than Bergeron does when it comes to passing and so on. He's mo- And I think he's more of a finisher, just like a more yeah. uh, stri- strategically more of a finisher. Yep. Like, you know, not because Bergeron, you know, he digs them out, but, like, Krejci, like, the other day, like, they were, that corner, like, cheese some guy, like, yeah. forget, like, also, I think it's a continuation, like, Krejci had an excellent season last year, it was the first year we had seen him healthy and kind of being able to And he missed one game because he was pulled out of the lineup. Right, and then, He would have gotten a full 82. And, uh, but I think that this year, despite the injury, it's kind of just the, the second coming of David Krejci, you know, he had been a little injury prone and... Had a couple of rough seasons, but it doesn't hurt my feelings either way because I still think they're two of the best centers in the league, and they're on my team, so suck on that, everybody else. Good segue into talk injury talk. Patrice Bergeron out of the lineup um, for the past going probably two weeks now. Um, concerns, or is this uh, precautionary? Uh, precautionary? Well, I think it's, it's both. <laughs> I mean, it's concerning because... It is only December, and there's still a lot of hockey to go. Uh, but not shocking, because Bergeron struggled a lot, especially with particularly his groin injury. Yep. Um, I think it's half and half. I think it's trying to not make the decision if he should... I And I don't know if this is an option for him. Like, everyone keeps saying, like, oh, because Mitch Marner or whatever, Sidney Crosby got a surgery. Sorry, I don't know. I was thinking Mitch Marner. Has to... So, surgery, yeah or nay? Um... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not a medical expert. I'm not totally sure where they're going to go with this avenue. But the conversations that have going through uh, social media have been that he should have it and then be ready for the playoffs. Um, but also, there's another avenue that says if he was going to have surgery, it would have been it should have been during the off season. So I don't I, I honestly don't know where to go with this one because. Um, the guy's a trooper, but obviously it is early enough in the season that you could take the chance and, and having him rest and, you know, try to get back as soon as possible. Remains day-to-day? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I just don't want it to become a problem that later on. But again, we don't know the exact medical situation, but... Right. right. I don't want him to have to keep struggling, and then every two weeks you lose him for four games either. Like, you know, would it be better just to lose him for a month or whatever? True. You know, I don't know. That's neither here nor there. All right. Well, Murray, just get better. We'd like to see you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Even on the second line. Even on the second line. <laughs> uh, thoughts on Jack Stanigo since he's been up with the uh, the big club from the Providence Bruins? He's doing all right. He's uh, looking good. He's uh, two games, two professional games so far, and he's got two points. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice little streak for him. Uh, boost of confidence. I think he's played well. The Montreal game, I think that it took a little while for him to get accustomed to the to the game at that level, um, I think that the the second half of that game was his best uh, by far out of the whole aspect of the sixty minute effort. 
Um, but the um, he didn't play against the Ottawa game. He sat. Uh, Brendan Gaunt came in, who was also a, um, a, a call up along with Sidnika, and um, yesterday got in the game and got another assist. So and he he looked even better. Very excited. Yeah, he looked. He, yeah, and um, everybody was so excited about his assist that you would have thought he scored the goal. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Kind of I know. Like his first assist was kind of like, oh come on, man! Yeah. I really wanted that one, but yeah. Um, no, I think he's been looking good. Um, and. Somebody reached out on Twitter uh, a little while ago and asking me, you know, is, is, should he, should he stay with the team the whole season? No. I, I and I basically I was gonna, I haven't gotten back to this gentleman yet, but um, you know, this is his his call up right now is based on Bergeron being out of the lineup. Um, if Bergeron comes back into the lineup anytime soon, I think unfortunately he's going to be the one that gets the demotion because of his you know his waiver eligibility and so on he can go down he can go down and work and so on so um well and i don't think two games shows things that you should be up here like there are people the reason you're up like you said is because yeah. there are people who have contracts for this team that are hurt right now not just not just Bergeron there are other you know what i mean yep. like there's a lot of people still out which is part of what made last week they played really you know Yep. Got through it with kind of a mishmash of like the core or in the new kids and the kids down, you know, whatever. But I don't think he's shown that he should be staying up. On but, the no, I team. mean he's he shows flashes of great future attributes. Yeah, you like know I'm what not I mean? saying maybe I mean, next year he could be up. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think like these two games show me that he needs to be up here full time through April. You know, like it's good to know you're in the reserves, and someday you won't be a reserve. But besides the eye test on the ice, what what I like about him is is the way his character and the way he brings himself uh, to the organization, and and what he says about about the organization and the members uh, therein. Um, Mark Diver on Twitter um, said Jack Stanika said that uh, I, I can't say enough about the leadership in this room. Never, see, never seen anything like it. That that just tells you that he's going to be in good hands no matter what, where, wherever he goes in the organization. He's always going to have that mentor or that person he can go to when it, when it comes to leadership and and if he needs it. Um, and hopefully, part of the leadership core. In the future, but uh, a lot of good things to see from him. Um, you know, if he if he gets sent down to AHL Providence, I'm not gonna jump off the the, the ledge because of it. No one should you know? because that's where he's well, supposed you, to be playing. You like, get the you get the oh this guy kid needs to be playing as soon as he leaves the podium. People yeah, out there, those people aren't in charge of making these decisions. The coach and the GMs and whatever. <laughs> so um, no, like I said, I mean yeah, he's a good player. I'm glad he's getting his looks, but. I think we're a little premature to be thinking he should be in the starting 12, you know what I mean? Or Agreed. Starting whatever. Well, anyway, uh, speaking of Studnika and, and the lineup, this this is the practice lines for tomorrow. Uh, DeBrusque, Pasternak with Krejci in the middle. Bjork, Heinen with Coyle in the middle. Nordstrom, Wagner with Lindholm in the middle. Gaunt, Studnika, Corrali, Slash, Bacchus on the fourth line. Interesting to see uh, Studnika go from a second line to down to the fourth. And pairings, Chara, McAvoy, Krug, Kahlo, Grizzlick, Clifton, Moore, Camphor. So Moore is uh, is practicing, so that's good. Rask and Halak. 
uh, not on the ice Bergeron, Marchand, and Richie. So, remains to be seen what's going on with those guys. I mean, well, we know Bergeron, Marchand, and Richie, but yeah. Um, yeah, so it remains to be seen about the lineup for tomorrow. Um, but uh, David Backus uh, has seen some um, some time uh, practicing, which is it, it's a good sign, regardless if you like him or not. Um, and our final topic of the day is uh, David Backus uh, was at practice and has been practicing uh, on, with the group or before or after the group. But it's good to see that he's back getting involved and getting some reps in. But um, he was practicing on the fourth line as the extra skater. So who knows if he's going to get in the lineup tomorrow night against Montreal. But Joe McDonald on Twitter, the athletic Joe McDonald, um, so speaking for the first time since his collision with Senator Scott Saverin, Bruins' David Back has said he's healthy and ready to return to game action. To ease any concerns, he went for a second opinion to make sure his brain is healthy and he was assured that it is. So, good news on David Backus as, as uh, the human factor, human being factor and so on. Um, whether he plays or not, who knows? Just a tough situation for him. Uh, but it's good to get some clarity on on what what everything was going on because there's a lot of times that people were just in the you know we didn't know. Yeah. You know, in a world full of information, there was none available. So whether it was a personal thing that be kept quiet for family and and so on, that's that remains to be seen. But oh. I don't really know how um, he's going to be in the lineup and, and affecting so on so yeah but it's just good that he's healthy yeah absolutely he has a history of concussion so i'm glad to know that his scans and everything are looking all right yes <clears throat> so who knows what will happen but anybody out there thinking that beyond anders bjork any of these young kids have played their way onto this team you know what i mean they're not again like jack Stadnika is great, and I'm sure he is going to be awesome as we move forward, but no one's going to sit certain play. You know, not just, not saying Bacchus, but like Morris coming back. You know what I mean? Like there are people that have good contracts that will be in the lineup, whether people like what happens with the lineup in the next few months or not. You know what I mean? Whether right. they agree with the call of who to be there or not. I guess we have to just continue. Trusting Bruce Cassidy and... John and all of them to make the right decisions for this trust team. Trust in Butch. And the, I think the boys trust in each other, and that's why they're so well, good. It's beyond all the. It's beyond everybody above them. Just such a family. If you if yeah. you watch the be uh, behind the B series on a weekly basis or whatever, I mean, it just shows you right then and there. It's just solid proof that these guys love each other. Such a family, you know, oriented organization. So. Mm-hmm. With that being said, we're going to call it a close for episode 156 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We'd like to thank Heather. Heather, thank you very much for always being here on my left wing. You know, giving me the assists, tossing the apples. 
Thanks for uh, putting up with me and my stupid cold that won't go away. <laughs> it is the cold season, cold and flu season, so we understand. I understand anyway that people Just get say sick. be kind to Mark if he has a hard time editing certain parts <laughs> of my coughing. Okay, <laughs> just say. But oh wait, no no. Before you think, I do. You had you guys had a review from uh, Ken Barr. Can I just say again. Yes, but it was specific to the prospect pod so why can't oh, we read it anyways just sure this is not the prospect pod excellent thank you ken for doubling up man as soon as i can get it to come up because you know the internet never wants to do that when you want but it was a nice one but it was more like that well or not jesus could technology hate us more if it tried i know just saying so don't complain to mark about this party there i'm usually much more prepared um so sh shout out to Ken. You know what? I will do that after. Why don't you do the Patreon thing while I'm I will. To... Let's announce the Patreon winner for this week. And this week's winner goes to Mr. Evan Michael. Mr. Evan Michael is a good friend of ours. And he's also part of the Black and Gold team, but also contributes, which is solid. So it makes him eligible to be a participant in this. So, Evan, thank you so much for everything you do at blackandgoldhockey.com. Um, and a former member of, of the... He made an appearance on the Black and Gold Hockey podcast one time, so I'd nice. love to have him on sooner or later. But, Evan, thanks again for your contributions. If you'd like to be involved in the Patreon giveaways, um, please go to patreon.com slash podcast. Donate a dollar for a show. It's not that much. It helps us cut the costs of uh, operating our podcast and website. So, and it's a great way to support us financially. You can also support us financially during the holidays, folks. You want to buy anything, NHL, NBA, NASCAR, football, anything related, any pro sports or college, college please go to blackandgoldhockey.com to click on the Fanatics banner to the right. All right, so I finally found it. I got something. This was just the other day, but it says... Thanks for the updates on the prospects. Looking past Providence and talking about the college players is great. I love to hear your thoughts and opinions regarding the game. I was a pond hockey kid here in, in the Cape back when we had ice throughout the winter. Yeah, <laughs> Completely different days. perspective in the rink, you know, so. Good on you guys for your prospect podcast, which is awesome, which is why it's important to once again remind everyone it's Mark's birthday next week. And yes. I would like for next week for... Um, this is, well, this is the last thing that I'm saying. I'm just saying, please go and give him five stars. Lots of five stars and lots of, you're awesome, man. Or you suck, man. No one cares. Just write something. Give a five star. You don't have, you know, your stars and your rating, your review does not have to line up, people. Just exactly. keep that in mind. Say things, so. That's but, that, so go ahead. Sorry. But before we forget, we do have to mention another uh, show sponsor, and that's the, the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame uh, located in Bobby Orr's hometown of Parry Sound, Ontario, the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame displays Bobby Orr's personal memorabilia and takes visitors through his story career. Items on display include the Stanley Cup rings, the stick that scored the goal, and there's a locker room from the old Boston Garden. Orr fans will love the gift shop and the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame is offering our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast listeners 10% off all online orders at bobbyorhalloffame.com slash store by using code BNG. That's B-N-G at checkout. Please place your order by December 3rd to guarantee delivery for the holidays. Again, that's bobbyorhalloffame.com slash store, promo code BNG at checkout for 10% off all online orders 
Promo code does not apply to signed merchandise. Keep that in mind, folks. Follow them on Facebook to take advantage of that 12 Days of Christmas sale from November 22nd to December 3rd. Each day, a featured item will be discounted. The store-wide savings on Black Friday, which is already passed. Sorry, folks. Follow them on Facebook to take advantage of all these exclusive deals. So, good. So, when you hear this, get going. Right. There's only and I saved that. I saved awesome that. Days. I saved that. And for you know, the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame. So, if you guys want to buy me a uh, birthday present from the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame, I'd greatly appreciate it. Or if you'd like to buy him the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame. No, yeah, just use BNG. Code BNG to you know, buy everything. But anyway, thank you very much, folks. We, we hope you, you and your families had a great Thanksgiving holiday and uh, our upcoming holiday season. Uh, continued best wishes on that. You guys have been amazing. We're getting lots and lots of new listeners, and, and our archives are being hammered, so we're getting good numbers. So thank you very much. Heather, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.